Welcome to the Vault Studios Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for all fantasy football info. Here are your hosts. Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Lewis Glover, and that was our, our new intro video. Pretty, pretty groovy stuff. Corey, what do you think of that, man? How you doing? Yeah, we're moving up in the world. A little flashy some, video. A little production value. We're, we're professional level now, man. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Yes, we got a sure. video. We got we got a uh, we got a sponsor in the uh, in the corner there. I can't even point to it. It's over on your side. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's over there. Yes, yeah, somewhere over there. I don't I don't understand how mirrors work. Yeah, we got a professional <laughs> level producer back there with 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 JA pushing the buttons as well. This is we're going to the next level. We're going to the next <laughs> level. It's week three, man. We got to do something. We got to do something. We got to do something. Hey, uh, for the listeners who don't know, I'm going to give a quick. Quick shout out to to Corey. It's his it's his nine year wedding anniversary today. So congratulations to you and 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 your wife, man. Uh, amazingly, you're uh, recording a podcast on the night of your anniversary. I don't know how much longer you want to stay married for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, might not be much longer <laughs> if I keep this up. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it though. Yeah, no worries, man. No, no worries at all. Uh, before we jump into the show, and we've got a, a jam-packed show this week for you, uh, reminding everyone we are brought to you by Breaking Oz Memorabilia, who are bringing you some of the best signed, authentic merchandise and helmets in Australia. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Breaking Oz to get involved. And if you are watching on the live stream, you can see their logo there in the top right-hand corner, and Corey is showing off some serious <laughs> swag. Why don't you tell everyone what that is? Because that is a beautiful, beautiful-looking helmet. A little Barry Sanders Speed Flex Chrome. Or just casually, Sanders. you know, a little of the uh, little greatest running back of all time helmet, just chilling there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little nice. bit of something you can win at Breaking Oz Memorabilia. Absolutely. I mean, who's going to be the first person to be like, oh, I don't think Barry Sanders was the greatest ever. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Someone's got it. it. It Them's the rules of the internet. You say something and uh, they simply must disagree. Um, man, week two. What an absolute meat grinder. It was a bloodbath out there. I mean, I don't recall. I mean, I could be wrong here. It was a hospital ward out there. <laughs> oh, Jay. Yeah. And for those who uh, don't remember the, you know, the family favorite 90s television drama, that is the theme song to ER being blasted into your ears right now by our producer ja because the nfl was a bit a little bit like a a hospital ward it was unbelievable unbelievable with the uh with the number of injuries that were going on he's still playing it he still loves it (laughs) i'm making the executive decision he's out (laughs) but yeah man it was absolutely crazy right i just can't remember a time Certainly in, in my f- 
fantasy football lifetime of how many injuries, significant, serious injuries to starters. I mean, it could be random luck. It could be to do with no preseason. I mean, we won't really know until, you know, studies are done on this in years to come. But what we know is fantasy teams have been decimated. They've been torn apart. And we just got to break down these injuries, these news and notes really quickly because there's just so many. Really the biggest ones, Saquon Barkley, ACL tear, done for the year. He was consensus number two pick going into the season. The New York Giants have signed Devontae Freeman and pending a COVID test, he will join the team and he'll join Wayne Gorman, Dion Lewis. I mean, I want no part of this backfield as far as I'm concerned. I don't know, but what about you and how you feel about it? But I am I am steering far, 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 far clear of it. I actually grabbed uh, Dion Lewis in a number of leagues, um, despite the Devontae Freeman news. Um, I think he's kind of like the sneaky pickup um, just because of the f- familiarity, obviously, with Joe Judge. Um I think he's going to have a role. I think his role is probably the one that stays pretty um, the same throughout the year. I think, uh, you know, the Giants probably look to pass the ball a little bit more, and he's going to be the beneficiary of that. So I like Deion Lewis. Um, don't spend, you know, too much on him. But if he's still hanging around on your waiver wire, I don't think he's a bad speculative ad. Yeah, look, a gun to my head if I had to choose – one of those three running backs to pick up, it would be Dion Lewis. And there's a few reasons for that. One, he's the best, probably the best pass protector. We know Devontae Freeman has a notorious fail in in, pa- in pass, pro- pass protection on his on his resume. Um, well, they're used to that already. They had Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's been there. He's been there the longest, um, or you know, been the most involved in the game plan and certainly an active running back for them. And also ESPN's, ESPN's Jordan Renan, who's the, the beat reporter for the for the New York Giants and is quite plugged into the organization there, said that Dion Lewis would get the first opportunity to, to make the role his. Uh, I still think this is going to be very much by a committee, but I also think that the Giants' defense absolutely stinks outside, mm-hmm. of, outside of James Bradbury, a cornerback, pretty much. I think it's thin everywhere. And so I think negative game scripts, as you said, they're going to pass a bit more. And I think Dion Lewis will be the benefit of that. We saw Devontae Freeman is just washed. I love Devontae. Uh, he'll always have a special He'll have a special place in my heart being out of Florida State. But he was washed last year. He couldn't get it done on the ground. And, he, you know, he, he would scrape together a few games with PPR scoring. But he did nothing with the ball once he got it in his hands. He was, he was just... He's washed. He's dust. And there's a reason why no teams wanted wanted any part of him. So, you know, you might, I think you probably feel a little bit stronger about Dion Lewis than me, but I think we can both agree that if there's one name that we would ride with out of this backfield, it would be Dion Lewis. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I do think I'm a little bit higher on him than you, but yeah, like I'm saying, I'm not blowing all my fab on him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. The next big one, just as big. Maybe not quite as serious. We're still not entirely sure how long he's going to be out for. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. Everyone just went absolutely crazy to go and get Mike Davis. Wave a wire pickup uh, <laughs> of the week. All of that kind of thing. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but Mike Davis is not going to be walking into a Christian McCaffrey-shaped uh, workload or involvement and things like that. And he also has a very difficult matchup against the Chargers this coming week. Uh there's also what Trenton Cannon there, who's been around on the New York Jets and some practice mm. squads and stuff. Uh, but the one yeah. name that intrigues me the most 
is a guy that's probably already on people's benches. You might be able to go get him for cheap because he's not been involved in the passing game. And that's Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel had more carries than receptions in college. He averaged 7.5 yards per carry in college when he was carrying the football. And this wasn't just, you know, 30 carries, like, you know, Antonio Gibson hyper-efficiency. He had, you know, well over 150 carries, from if my memory recalls correctly, at Ohio State, tearing off for 7.5 yards per carry. I mean, he's an, he's a great athlete. He's really good with the ball in his hands. And I think they, they might look to get him some carries and uh, manufacture some touches for him because it hasn't really been there for him yet. It's been the Robbie Anderson show. It's been the DJ Moore show. And I'm putting my hand up right now to say I'm I'm – was so wrong on Robbie Anderson last week. He, I didn't think he would be able to do it again. But the way they're using him, uh, you know, it's just another player breaking free of the shackles of, of Adam Gase. And, and and Robbie Anderson looks very good for the Panthers. Between him and DJ Moore, they've got a very good group of, of wide receivers there for, for Teddy Two Gloves. What's your, what's your read on the CMC situation? I think it's tough. I think Mike Davis will bring, you know, it, it's not going to be amazing but i think he's going to be a fine fill-in i think he'll be an average you know rb2 um going forward until cmc comes back he did get tons of targets last week Mm -hmm. um i don't think he's going to do a lot with those targets that's the only thing but i think he'll catch a lot of balls he will um you know he'll get 20 touches and then just live with it and hope for a touchdown so uh I don't think it's a bad pickup. I think especially if you're the CMC owner and you have them, um, you could be pretty happy with the replacement value there. But uh, the Curtis Samuel thing is interesting. Um, I would like to see them use him kind of like, I guess, Corderell Patterson kind of out of the backfield type thing would be interesting. But <laughs> I don't know if they would actually do it. I mean, they have the coaching staff to, to implement it. So I'm really intrigued by how they kind of roll those guys out there or they just roll out there with like Reggie Bonifon and Trent Cannon. And I don't know. Is Reggie Bonifon even on the team anymore? Uh, I thought he was on the practice squad. and they no, he's, on the, he's, on the, oh, he's on the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. yeah, likely to be promoted. Likely to so. be promoted. No, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would love to see Curtis Simon get more involved. I mean, just a monster athlete, right? 100th percentile. 40-yard dash, 91st percentile speed score. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't see the Robbie Anderson stuff sooner. Like, I kind of saw the tea leaves, but I was just kind of ignored them. Um, obviously, with his coach being, you know, his college coach as well. But, yeah, I yeah. just I wanted to put two and two together, but I was just like, for some reason, I just didn't bite. So... Um, for all those people that um, obviously got him super late or off the waiver wire, even, um, yeah. congratulations. I think you got congratulations. Cause yeah, I, I, I was, I was completely steal. out on him and I, I thought it would be a, a, you know, one week hit. He had that one big busted play against the Raiders, but you know, they're not using him like he was used in New York. He's doing a lot of short intermediate stuff and you know, Turns out he's a good player and get the, the ball in the hands of, of your playmakers is a recipe for success. So, yeah, congratulations to you if you if you did uh, go and grab Robbie Anderson. I think I maybe like fluke drafted him in a couple of best balls late, but that's cer- that certainly isn't an indicator of uh, of any any good feeling about him. So that was interesting to see. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos and they've been 
battered by injuries, almost as bad as anyone, you would say. Obviously, they lost Von Miller on the defensive side of the ball before the season started. Their starting quarterback, Drew Locke, is out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Jeff Driscoll is the replacement, and they've brought in Blake Bortles to be his backup. And Cortland Sutton, their alpha wide receiver, who I think is, you know, supremely talented, uh, was questionable week one. Did he miss week one? I can't recall. Did he play week one? It's all, there's been so many injuries now, but he had a shoulder no, injury and then not. he came back. No, he didn't. And then he, he came back in week two and tore his ACL. Just absolutely just stinks for, for him, stinks for the Broncos. Opens up a whole world of opportunities. For me, the biggest benefactor is going to be Noah Fant, who was super heavily involved in the game plan in week one when Colin Sutton wasn't playing. That's right. He wasn't playing, I recall now. And then, you know, he got the touchdown and looks started to go more his way when Sutton went out of the game with the knee injury as well. Um, am I, by the way, am I recalling correctly that uh, Sutton did his knee trying to tackle uh, after an interception? Is that what happened? Is that when the injury happened? It may have. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, maybe, I someone can, maybe someone in the chat, if anyone knows, can correct me on that. But I'm pretty sure there was an interception, a bad ball by Locke, and then it was Sutton was targeted. Uh, and I think it went behind him and he, you know, it tipped off his hands. And in desperation, he was chasing down the uh, the defensive back who made the interception. Uh, and and that's when the knee injury occurred. I could be wrong there, but I believe that's what happened. So just absolutely sucks. Uh, another name, sorry, I should have mentioned um, with, with Saquon Barkley there is Sterling Shepard has gone to IR as well. So weapons falling apart for, for the New York Giants there. I think it probably does some good things for Golden Tate and, and Slayton there. And maybe Evan Engram's value is is propped up again because it seems to be that Evan Engram really flourishes when he's the focal point of the, the, the offense. And I think they might look to do that moving forward. So uh, Noah Fan and Evan Ingram, two guys who, you know, uh, I think, were they, were they the same draft class? I think they were, right? Fenton. No, uh, Ingram's no? older. Is he? Yeah. Oh, Pretty sure. Oh, no, you're, of course he is. Sorry, I'm confusing Ingram and Howard. My mistake. Fenton was drafted yeah. last year. Yes, of course yeah. he was. Of course he was. I'm an idiot. Um, but two tight ends, <laughs> I think, will benef benefit greatly from this. So if you've got them on your roster, like, good, good news for you. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Ankle injury, status up in the air. Uh, just just a shame for the 49ers. They were badly beat up by this. Raheem Mostert, uh, week to week. Tevin Coleman gone to IR. All I'm reading from this is it's Jarek McKinnon season right now. Unbelievably. Hmm. Like, the, the things have broken right. Can you want, like, where we were three or four months ago, Jarek McKinnon was buried behind Mostert, Coleman, Breda. Breda was traded. Most at hurt. Coleman hurt. Jeremy McKinnon's the de facto starter at running back. They've got Jeff Wilson Jr. there. They've got, you know, not much at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, a backup, uh, backup quarterback coming in, Nick Mullins. Although some people will tell you that Nick Mullins is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Uh, so uh, I think the Niners, off, the Niners can survive this, particularly if Kittle does come back this week. He, of course, missed the win over the New York Jets with a knee injury. Jordan Reed went went off, got two two scores there. I I liked Jimmy G coming into the season. I thought they had a great schedule. Uh, so I've drafted him a lot of places, as particular as my QB2 in some Superflex League. So this this really sucks in that aspect. 49ers, who are you liking? I mean, I've talked about McKinnon there. I genuinely, he's, he's performed really well. He's looked great. 
Jarrett McKinnon. I know it's hard to trust him, but I'm I'm starting McKinnon this week. Uh, do, do you, have you drafted him anywhere? Would you start him if you had him? I'm trying to get him in one league. I'm waiting for waivers to go through. Um, yeah, if I if I have him, I'll start him. I'm you know I'm starting over Deion Lewis. I'm starting him over you know guys like that you're picking up. I'm starting um, him over. I'm starting him over Mike Davis. By the way. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair call. Uh, this matchup's a little bit better as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair call. I would grab him, pick him up, play him. Uh, I think he gets tons of work this week, and then going forward, who knows? You know, he might even earn himself a little bit of a bigger role there as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. And just involvement in the passing game when most it comes back is where I expect him to flourish because most it's had a few receptions, but I think Jarek is, is the better pass catcher and most that is good in that, in that two down role. Um, man, pull one out for the unofficial wide receiver of the vault studio. Fancy football podcast is, is preseason was derailed with injury. He fought back against the odds. Jalen Riga got on the field and now he's got a UCL sp- fracture or sprain or something it's it's a thumb injury and he's gone to injured reserve and is going to miss a good part of the season absolutely sucks for him it sucks for the eagles but this has got me right back on the deshaun jackson train stop like stop stop. it i'm telling you man it's it's happening it's gonna happen there's gonna be a week where deshaun jackson pops off one week and i feel it's it's gonna be this week it's gonna be this week I'm feeling it. He's like second in the NFL in air yards. Like the opportunity is there. It's going to pop. And you know who else it's going to pop for, by the way? And you know, ah, I'm going to save that. We're going to come back to that later in the show. But Deshaun Jackson, man, I think he's going to have a day this week. I think this is going to be one of the few games he pops off. Uh, I don't know what else they're going to do at receiver there. Uh, Is it going to be J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, bit of John Hightower perhaps, but really – Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is going to get some looks. He's going to be heavily involved, and the two tight ends are going to be heavily involved as well. You mean the two tight ends leading by, led by Dallas Goddard? Seemingly so. Seemingly so. Yeah, <laughs> which is just unfortunate. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting situation they got there. As as far as like fantasy usage, I don't know if anyone's seen the Roto World article that came out. Um, Dallas Goddard is tight end five as far as finish, fantasy usage goes. Uh, he's got more targets and air yards than Ertz, so it's very interesting. It is incredibly interesting, and you know, you wonder whether that's intentional and by design because Zach Ertz is, you know, a, let's let's call him a malcontent because of his contract situation and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's very curious, but you know, I do think Zach Ertz is you know, a bit more talented or, you know, as equally as talented as, as Goddard, certainly. Uh, or maybe you put that the other way around, Goddard is almost as talented as Ertz or maybe just as talented because Zach Ertz over the past few years has been one of the best tight ends in football. It is strange to see him not getting that that sort of usage that we we might have expected uh, already. Devontae Adams, man, this hurt. I was I was close to pulling in a big, big multi uh, last week, but but Adams was hurt. They had a lead, and they didn't need to get him back out on the field. So Adams was the one guy on my on my multi who didn't hit his over. That was unfortunate. He's day to day. We're not sure whether he's going to suit up in week three yet. 
what are you doing with these this receiving core, man? Are you playing either of them if if Adams is out? It just it's all a bit yeah, gross to me. Yeah, it is gross. But I'm probably playing MVS if I'm playing anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he just athletically just kind of different. Um, it's just if he could catch the ball, it'd be nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think if I'm playing any of them without Devontae Adams on the field, I'm playing MVS. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think this is another major tick for Aaron Jones, who just absolutely crushed it oh, last yeah. week. He's just so arguably the best game of his career. He was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, no. You'd expect them to be getting a deal done soon. Uh, getting, getting I'm mad at myself extended. for not having more of Aaron Jones. I think the only Aaron Jones share I had, I got auto-drafted. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sometimes auto auto draft works and works in your favor. Yeah, man. Aaron, Aaron Jones would be great, and I just think this is good good days ahead for Aaron Jones and his involvement because he's a great receiving back as well. Like, yeah, he was really he's a really, really receiver good. last week. So yeah, so I definitely think that leads to him getting getting more involved and then, and then running the football more as well. And then you know, there's been so many we've probably missed some, but the last name I have on my sheet here is Paris Campbell. Again, someone who just started so strongly, looked like he was going to have a great rapport with with Rivers and he was going to be fitting a role well. Sucks to see him go down. It's not, yeah. he'd probably be back this year, but, you know, not anytime soon to help be helping you win your fantasy matchup. So absolute shame to see, <clears throat> to see him go down. I mean, what 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 are you doing with the Paris Campbell situation? Are you pivoting to Pittman? Do you think Hilton's got anything left in the tank? Because he hasn't looked well, good. Hilton's not looked good. He hasn't. Um, he's missed a couple of long touchdowns. And, I mean, Paris Campbell's had, you know, 21% of Indianapolis Colts air yards. And now he's out. So Hilton so far has produced, like, the wide receiver 73. Um, but he should get back on track this week, I think. Um, I'm staying away from the rest of the pass catchers like Zach Pascal and all those guys. We've been down that road before. I'm, I'm probably, you know, detouring to if you're looking for like guys that are, are probably on the scrap heap, I'm looking more at like even a guy like KJ Hamler or someone like that um, before um, or yeah. even like Preston Williams who had two tough matchups to start. Like you might be able to get him for cheap as well. Um Yes, someone like that rather than playing one of those Colts receivers. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Obviously, Mo Ali Cox had a huge blow up game. Yeah, he did. Um, so I mean, that 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 was cool to see, and it was cool to see him get all of that involvement after he directly caused uh, an interception as well. Uh, I don't I don't know if you saw that play, but Rivers hit him right right between the numbers near the goal line. And he just let it hit him in the chest, and it popped out, and 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 gave gave up an interception. But they they went back to the well. They kept kept feeding Mo Ali Cox, and, and good things happened for him. So you know, in, in deep tight end situations, you know, 14, 16 team leagues, I think he's in play. Uh, I'm you know I'm not even sure what Jack Doyle's current status is. He's another guy who's been been banged up. So um, yeah, really really not sure. dead runner. Yeah, absolute dad runner, Jason Witness, <laughs> Jack Doyle. But I, I, you know, I, I do have a soft spot for him. You know, I think I think what it is like guys like Jack Doyle hold like a little part of my heart. It's like you know, maybe I could have played in the NFL. You know what I mean? 
like just this it's just a just a big dude run runs terribly it's like you know but if i just worked hard maybe i could have got there i think that's what he's just like that you know real uh real workman type type uh, player in in the nfl uh jack doyle so got a got a soft spot for him were there any of the injuries that i missed man i mean there were so many there was all the ones on the defensive side of the ball of course uh yeah. we ain't about that life we're not about that idp life on on the podcast here no we're not um I mean, David Montgomery had a scare, but he came back. That was good to see. Um, he looked good, man. David Montgomery. I'll, uh, I'll, Especially I'll, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, you know, coming back from the injury, I was concerned about him and re-aggravation of injury and all those things. But David, I've got to take my hat off to him. He looked good. Um, there wasn't really – I'm trying to think if we missed one or not. I'm sure we did, but um, nothing pops up in my head, but. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, CMC, the Barclays, those are the huge ones. and Yeah. Um, the league, nice the league J- changing injuries, man. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, it was nice to see James Conner come back and put up some stats as well. Absolutely. And I now so I, declare... I told everyone to sit him. So, my so did I, man. So did I. It's all right. <laughs> I think everyone did. Everyone did. Like, it was... <sighs> I, I, I'm probably saying this like retrospectively. I think it was good process to sit Connor because he appeared to be banged up. Snell played well. Uh, they talked about getting all of them some touches. I think it was good process to sit him. Uh, it just it just didn't work out that way. Benny Snell had the fumble, and at this point, I now declare Benny Snell dead. Rest in peace. Oh, this Cam Akers. Cam Akers got hurt. Cam Akers got a rib rib situation. He's dealing week to week, but it's that's that's just a. That's just a whole committee cluster there. Um, I, yeah. I hope my guy, hope my guy Cam Akers gets back to full strength soon. All right, man. Let's move on to our buy or sells of the week. Uh, we've got three players each who we're looking at buying or selling their performance from week two. Whether we believe they can sustain it, um, I'm going to give you the floor first, man. Who is your first buy and or sell? Oh well, so my first buy is Josh Kelly. Um, this guy has been really like a breath of fresh air, um, probably more of a bane of existence for Eckler owners, but, um, (laughs) for anyone that drafted Josh Kelly late and you could have got him pretty much what last running back. Well, Oh, he was free. He was free. Yeah. yeah. he He was free. Um, so to get Josh Kelly where you got him and, you know, his current fantasy usage is RB15. And, you know, our actual PPR um, ranking right now is at RB25. And he's had six to um, six to one inside 10 carries versus Eckler. So if they get close, it's Josh Kelly. And that's what you want to see. I mean, I think he's right now, I mean, he's a solid RB2 or um, like a high-end flex play. So I think... I think that continues going forward. I don't think the Chargers are just going to be like, all right, we're going to give Eckler 30 carries or 30 touches. That's just not going to how it's going to roll. So Josh Kelly's done enough so far in weeks one and two to keep rolling out and getting um, split in the work there pretty much. I mean, you say split. In terms of carries, it's been a 50-50 split. Both of them have 35 rush attempts each. Uh, Austin Eckler's only had five targets through uh, through two games, which is concerning. Josh Kelly's got three. 
But yeah, man, I mean, Josh Kelly certainly puts a ceiling on Austin Eckler, but I, I've drafted Eckler in a few places and I'm not too concerned. Um, I think, you know, Herbert being there is probably going to be better for him. It looked like that was certainly the case last week. So I'm not panic as a, if, panicking if I've drafted Austin Eckler anywhere. And certainly Josh Kelly in his own right is startable on a week-to-week basis in your flex spot. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just going to the numbers a little bit more, uh, he saw his snap rate climb all the way up to 52% after being at 27% in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Kelly handled 23 carries against the Chiefs and caught two of three targets. So um, I could, you know, I think Kelly's a very interesting player. I think he could be a top 12 player this week. Interesting. Against, yeah, against Carolina. I mean, it's a sm- yeah. Carolina. I mean, it, right? Exactly. It's a, it's an absolute it's an absolute uh, smash spot. Now, I like them both this week. By the way, it's not just oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And guy, you know, Austin Eckler has only had five targets. He has run forty-one routes, which is uh, let's see here. That is uh, what is he? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Tenth. Well, it's like equal, equal eight, about eighth, eighth in routes run at the running back position. So the opportunity, like he's, he's out there, they, they're getting him to run routes, they're getting him involved in the passing game. It's just whether he's going to get get the looks, but at least the routes are there. He's out on the field on passing downs. So I think better days are ahead for, for, um, for Austin Eckler. And yeah, man, this week, both of them could be in an absolute smash spot against just a weak, 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 weak Panthers run defense. Yeah, for sure. What's yours? All right, my first buy of the week, and it feels a little bit unclean to say this, given of how bad he was, relatively speaking, to what we'd expect last week, and that is my guy, AJ Green. (laughs) And I'm buying AJ Green. Everyone's out on him. Everyone's down on him. But, man, was he 13 targets last week? Uh, you know, the, the, the involvement was there. Just some things didn't go right for him. He got, you know, there was the, the, I think it was the first play of the game or certainly on the opening drive. He had that, that, that bomb that he got winded on as he, he tried to bring it in and, uh, that the play was reviewed. I think he had 13 targets, just caught three passes. It was just excruciating for me to watch as someone who'd started AJ Green in a ton of places, anticipating volume. Unfortunately, didn't, it didn't quite work out for me. Uh, but yeah, AJ Green has just been absolutely massively involved. I think I don't think he's washed yet. I just think he's he's rusty, man. I think he's rusty, and I think his rapport with Joe Burrow is is getting there and improving. Uh, some of the incompletions were certainly on AJ Green. There was some concentration drops. There was some poor body control, but 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 there were some other ones that were on Joe Burrow as well, throwing behind him, missing him completely. So I think these two guys are going to get on the same page. And if they do, look out. Because A.J. Green has had uh, 43.5% of the team's air yards, which is fifth Excuse me, fifth in the NFL. He's had 23.4% of their targets. He's had 22 overall. So I think better days are ahead for A.J. Green moving forward. Uh, and so... You know, I'm not buying his his output, but I'm certainly buying his usage. Uh, and yep. I'm using this opportunity to go and get myself another wide receiver because people 
Uh, you know, if people didn't watch Thursday night football last week, they just looked at the box score. They see his six point something fantasy points. Uh, another rough week for him. I think he um, could probably yeah. probably get a trade done. That's what I'm going to ask you right now. What would you what would you offer for AJ Green? Because I'm trying to get him in one league. I don't have the best assets. I do have some plus running backs. I could probably get him, but I'm almost thinking my running backs are almost more valuable what, than he is at this point. What are we talking? We're talking redraft. Yeah. We're talking redraft. Okay, let's play. Let's let's throw some names out of here. Let's throw some names and and see what see what we're looking at. All right. Well, let's say, would you trade? Uh, let's see. I gotta go deeper here. Devin Singletary for AJ Green. Yes. All right. Um, Kareem Hunt for AJ Green. No. Too high. Too high. So we're somewhere between Devin Singletary and, and Kareem Hunt. So does that include the likes of like David Montgomery coming off a big game? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's like, oh man, that's close, a really huh? tough one because Montgomery yeah. looked good. Montgomery looked good. They gave Cohen a contract, but his usage, you know, they didn't all of a sudden like start to use him a ton. Um, you know, I'd probably lean Montgomery there just, and it's because of like positional scarcity, especially with you know a few big name running backs going down. Yep. Uh, so that that's that's just just. What about on the... what about David Johnson? No, I keep David Johnson. <laughs> he is getting a ridiculous, <laughs> like ninety percent snap share. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. That's fair, I think. Yeah, so I think yeah, right. that gives you, gives you an idea where I'm at. Uh, so who's your second buy or sell of the week? Uh, my second one is probably someone that um probably a little bit of flack on, but it's all right. <laughs> I'm going li- to die on this hill. It's uh, <laughs> sell Josh Allen. Um Josh Allen. QB1, Josh Allen? (laughs) Sell Josh Allen, like I said. Um, He's played the second easiest pass schedule so far um, in the league. And it gets much tougher after this. I think, you know, Brian Dayball has done a great job in that offense of giving Josh Allen easy throws. Um, They've played, you know, 10 personnel. I think they've played the most 10 personnel in the league. They've also run five wide receivers seven times this year. And on those plays, Josh Allen, seven for seven, um, some ridiculous numbers. Um, they've run tons of 11 personnel, but teams that can match up with them, um, you know, receivers. I think it'll be a really good test this week. Um, the Rams aren't world beaters in the secondary, but they do have some guys that can match up well with them. So I'm really interested to see how he does this week. Um, I'm just not sold. I obviously he's he's played very well the last two weeks. We've had many conversation about him in the DFF chats. Um it's just yeah, I just I'm not quite sold yet. I think he's gonna have to give me a little bit more than two weeks of production to be like, oh yeah, he's he's guy, but um fantasy production wise, like you can't fault him, but I think you could get some really good value for him right now. 
Right. And that's and that's sort of where the conversation comes in. I was mistaken, by the way. He's QB two at the moment behind behind <laughs> Chef Chef Russell Wilson, who's just been cooking, cooking up a storm. But Josh Allen's been good, man. But as you said, I mean, credit to to, to the to the team, right? To to Dable, to um uh McDermott. Like they've put they've maximized um the team around Josh Allen and they're putting him in situations to succeed which is all you can ask from coaching. Yeah, and they've they've upped their uh, play action this year as well, which was yep. a really big thing for them because they actually did really well out of play action last year, but they just didn't use it enough. So um, they've upped it, I think, like by 10% so far this year. So, um, and it's working. So play kudos action to work. the coaching staff. Play action works, man. Play action is tremendous. And, you know, contrary to what everyone sort of believes that you know you need to set up and you need to establish the run to get play action to work it's not like all of the evidence that we have says it's not the case it's just about deceiving the defense getting that little extra time and and, you know it play action is incredibly uh you know efficient in terms of passing and you know for those who want to say oh you know play action play action you need to establish the run go go back and watch the the browns opening drive i think they the first two plays were play action passes without a, obviously without a run being played the defense bites down on it because they they have to it's what the linebackers are trained to do so you know it's 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 great to see it's advantageous for the quarterback it's a way of of you know getting some easier throws and some looks for them i think it's fantastic it's great for fantasy all credit to the bills i really like what they're doing there now, the reason why I'm potentially agreeing with you in sort of selling Josh Allen is only because he's been so good, you might be able to flip him for, you know, a bona fide starter at another skill position, one yeah. where you might be lacking some depth. So if you can do that, I'm on board. Otherwise, I'm happy to ride out Josh Allen until the schedule gets harder down the line. And to be honest, if we keep seeing this level of play out of Allen over and over and over again, I'll take a slight dip and I'll ride him out to the rest of the season. But I I do take your point that the schedule gets harder and he's had a cupcake schedule to date. A little bit tougher this week against the Rams. And that is one matchup I am very excited to watch is going to be Stephon Diggs and and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey yeah. going after going at it. I'm I'm gonna oh that's gonna be good. I'm very intrigued to see to see how that matchup plays out for sure. Yeah, what's what's your next one? Man, my next one. If there's a theme here. I'm buying up old allegedly washed wide receivers. Julian Edelman, man. Julian Edelman. Oh, at age 34, was fantastic. He had his career high in receiving yards, 179 yards. He was a beast. I think he was like the wide receiver, like four or three on the week or something. He was he was great. He looked. He connected with Cam well. Cam was slinging the rock. Cam looked yeah. sensational throwing the ball. And Edelman cooked Jamal Adams yeah. multiple times, uh, which yeah. was just great to see. You just love you just love to see that especially if you're a Patriots fan. And we talked about, you know, in the preseason, before the season started, Edelman's ADP was criminally low. He was the wide receiver nine or something ridiculous in PPL scoring last year, was being drafted in the in the mid-30s along with AJ yeah. Green. And there were two guys, that just, I was both of them. One's had the opportunity and not produced. One certainly had the opportunity uh, and and produced in in Julian Edelman, he was he was sensational in week two, 
And he's he's very much the go-to guy. He's absolutely dominated, absolutely dominated the Patriots' targets. Um, he is... He's got 29% of, of, of the team market share, which is good for seventh or eighth in the NFL. And he's also got uh, just a ridiculous uh, market share. I believe he leads the NFL in team market share. Yes, he does. He's got 51.5% of the Patriots air yards, which is a team high. Like no player has got a greater percentage of their team's mark, uh, air yards. So just love to see that from Julian Edelman. I think you can comfortably play him as a wide receiver too on a week-to-week basis. And you've got him at wide receiver four or five prices. So, you know, if you've suffered an injury and you have Edelman on your roster, he can certainly go a long way to helping you weather the storm. And I'm going out and I'm trading for him as well. Yeah, if he can. Um, like he's like you said, he's a leader in air yard share. He In fantasy usage, He's at 17.2. He's wide receiver 10. Actual PPR, um, he's at, you know, wide receiver 7. So, yeah, I mean, he's a top 10 receiver right now. So, if you can grab him, definitely do it. Um, the only player that he's been close to him at in um, air yard share is Jameson Crowder, and that was just off one week. So, um, yeah, definitely, if you can grab him, grab him, because I think he's going to continue to get peppered with, targets and even schemed plays and the play action's just been so money for this team mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean there's not much else on that roster right now so right right uh, and he has he hasn't he hasn't scored a touchdown either so given he's got 236 receiving yards no touchdown yeah there's there's some positive touchdown regression coming as well in the coming weeks for julian edelman i would expect so I expect him to get in the end zone the next game or the, the game after just based off the opportunity he's getting. He's had three targets inside the red zone as well. Obviously, the Patriots with Cam are going to run the ball more often than not down in the red zone, particularly those valuable situations inside the five. But but Edelman will get involved more and they're going to keep developing this game plan and keep starting to get the receivers involved in creative ways. And Edelman is going to be a very, very, very big part of that moving forward. All right, who's the last guy you've got buying or selling this week? Yeah, I'm buying Leonard Fournette. Um, it might be a little bit of a surprise, but I don't think it really is. I think after, I mean, Jones scored last week, um, but then lost the fumble, and that pretty much ended it for Jones. Um, <laughs> Fournette's snap snap rate jumped from, he had 13% in week one, uh-huh. moved all the way up to 43% in week two. Uh, and he finished the game for the Bucks, and obviously he had that huge run. I'm not just talking about that huge run either. Like I think um, it's just like that. It's trending that way for Fournette, and I think it's time um, to try to grab him because I think if this offense does start hitting its stride, um, Fournette could be in for some big days. So um, that's who I'm buying in that. In my third buy. See, that's interesting because my sell is one, Mr. Leonard Fournette, my final and third sell. And the reason why I'm selling is because I'm using this big game, right? Everyone saw him. He looked good. He he had the big run. He had the touchdown. And But I'm, I'm obviously you have two touchdowns. I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way here with Leonard Fournette because I think his involvement... But you just Ronald Jones. It's okay. It's, it I mean, it, Ronald Jones, apart from the fumble, like he's looked fine, and I still think there's a place for him in this offense. I also think Shady McCoy's been involved far more than he's, I would like. He's done. 
Really I, I don't know, man. He, he he had some good reception. He obviously dropped that sitter in the in the in the end yeah. end zone, which Tom Brady was ready to murder him for. But I don't know. I just think this stays a committee. I also think when I mean, we talked about this, it was a smash matchup spot. The Panthers dog shit run defense. I played Leonard Fournette in DFS. His price was just stupidly low, and it worked out. I'm now using this opportunity if I can to move him for someone else. Uh, you know. If, if because my opinion is, if you drafted Leonard Fournette when he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, you were a donkey for doing so, and you got bailed out because he got signed onto a good offense. He's had a blow up game against a, a bad matchup, but I don't think it's ever going to be like the workload you drafted Leonard Fournette for. Oh, of course and not. I, no. Right. So this is what I'm saying. Like, if you can, if yeah. Leonard Fournette is on your roster, you probably drafted him in like the early third round. And I'm saying if you can get out now off the back of a big game. I'm going to do that. And maybe that's just me being too stubborn and holding on to my priors from the preseason and how I felt. And maybe I'm not being reactive enough and excited enough about his increased workload. But for me, like, yes, it's one fumble and I can see Jones being punished in game for that. But I think they go back to practice. I think, <clears throat> you know, I think he, you know, they they get to share the touches around. They develop the game plan. And I think it's, you know, I think it could be, you know, Ronald Jones one week, it could be Fournette the other. It could be neither. It could be a very, they throw the ball 40 times. So, you know, thing, things things could shake out a number of ways. So I'm just using this opportunity to sell high on. Well, uh, you can sell what, them to me. How about, let's, let's do that. Well, the thing is, I don't have any Leonard Fournette because I wasn't a donkey and I didn't draft him. In, I don't have in, any either. I don't, that's why I'm buying them. That's why you're buying. Okay. All right. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go out and try and buy some Leonard Fournette cheaper than you or like, and then, and then sell them to you at an inflated cost all, okay. all, all before 3 a.m. on Monday morning. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Yeah. So that was our, that was our buy, buy, buy and sells um, of, of, of the week. Uh, so let's move on now to our, our favorite fantasy games of the week. What games are we targeting in DFS or guys that we go, okay, if this guy's on my bench, I might be pushing him into my lineup because I like this game. I want lots of, you know, I want to, I want to attack this matchup. Yeah. I mean, due to, you know, lots of different things, but I'm looking at a couple matchups here and I think that Titans game, Derrick Henry, this is smash pot. Um, Track to Cito, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, obviously you're looking at, as far as like fantasy points, I mean, the over-under in that Dallas Seahawks game is like 55. Smash, smash. Smash, smash everyone in this game. So you're playing, like you're just playing everyone that you could possibly play in this game. Dude, they could put the line at like 65 and I'd still bet the over. Like the only guy I'm a little bit worried about is... Elliot, but I think he'll just get enough in the passing game that it won't matter. But um, because, like, apparently, according to PFF, like the Cowboys had like a negative forty-five point seven rating against the Seahawks D line, so that's not great. But um, all the receivers, yeah. <laughs> all the quarterbacks, like it's it's gonna be they're just gonna be chucking it around. So, um, like as far as like, yeah, fantasy. I think you got to play him. Like Gallup has kind of been disappointing. He hasn't really been getting a lot of looks. Um, I think you you play him in this matchup, and 
the Seahawks secondary is not is not good. No, no, it, no, it is not. I'm playing everyone. I don't think I'm playing Dalton Dalton Schultz. So I think that was a <laughs> you don't a love bit, Dalton. Of, of, <laughs> I think it's a bit of anomaly, and uh, yeah, I, I don't like his chances with uh, Jamal Adams roaming roaming around there. To be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm playing Cooper. Yeah, obviously you're playing all those guys. I mean, just what a tremendous matchup. This is going to be stacks galore for, for DFS. And I will say on that like um, defensive line, offensive line matchup, the Dallas Cowboys were just torn apart at offensive line. Yeah, exactly. Two or, th- yeah. two or three starters missing. I think Tyron Smith is scheduled to come back this week. Uh, producer JA, if he's listening, he might might give us a little little note there, being the Dallas Cowboys fiend that he the is. Trooper. The truther. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Yes. <laughs> you put yes at the bottom. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's good. That That is that is good news. I don't know if that's yes, talking... uh, he's a truther or yes. That... Yes, everything. He's just yes, yes to everything. It looks like it looks like Tyron Smith is coming back. So I, I, I missed this during the broadcast or in the pregame analysis, but me and J.A. were talking before we went live. And the dude who was playing left tackle for the Cowboys hadn't played left tackle uh, since high school. <laughs> so uh you know incredible that they were able to keep uh Dak upright and Dak was sensational just if you drafted Dak congratulations absolute monster day for him QB one on the week three rushing scores will certainly well if you, if you listen to this podcast you drafted Dak so absolutely I actually, I actually have Dak in uh Russell Wilson in a super flex <laughs> So I didn't lose last week. That's nice. Yeah, I've I've got I've got Dak and Josh Allen in, in a super flex. So they did they they were popping off, and I and uh, I made a silly decision about or oh, two fifty five a.m. in that league, and I I picked up Josh. I picked up uh, Ross Dwelly and Jordan Reed off the off the waiver wire because my oh nice. I, and and I I was playing Jordan Reed, and then I made a last minute decision to switch to to Dwelly. Oh, uh, but I still won the matchup, yeah. so all all, yeah. all was well. All was well. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the the game that I'm looking at, and it's I suppose it's a Got little bit counterintuitive only because in. one of the teams involved. But I, I I mean I really like the the Falcons Bears game in the dome in in Atlanta Ooh, because the the, Fal- the Falcons defense absolutely stinks i mean they're diabolical yeah. they're they're just team mojo uh you know this is very just ethereal here it's just going to be at an all-time low after losing that game in heartbreaking fashion i still think the offense is going to fire there's just too much talent hopefully julio jones is okay and he's ready to fire but uh, I, think I don't this- think so i don't think he's gonna play oh, oh no what he no they said that he <laughs> Last thing I read about Julio was that he kind of re-aggravated his hammy and they're just going to see how it goes. But I don't know. Fire up Russell Gage. Yeah, Gage. Calvin Who, who's Ridley. even the third receiver on this team if he's out? Is it the – what's his name? Oh, It's that weird oh. – it's that crazy name, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um – uh, Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Olamide yeah. Zacchaeus, yes. Yeah, Pulled that one out of the gray matter. <laughs> no spreadsheets for me. That was there. We go. I've, I think I've got him in like two dynasty leagues, like super deep dynasty leagues. So maybe play him. <laughs> maybe. Um, 
Maybe no, he'll be a DFS. He'll Maybe be a DFS play for me. Uh, super, super cheap DFS play. But I think this is a huge. Why I like this game is because you know how high I've been on Allen Robinson. It hasn't worked out. Yeah. I think this is an absolute get-right spot for Allen Robinson. I for mean, sure. the the potential for him is like top three wide receiver this week, just because of the matchup and the volume. I think. I think the Falcons will score points in the Dome. I think Trubisky will have to throw to keep up. And I think it's going to be the Allen Robinson show. Uh, So I do like this one. And and I think in in DFS, you can build some cheap game stacks around this. Getting Trubisky in there because he's dirt cheap. He might offer you some with the, you know, a little bit of rushing upside. You you, you never know. Yeah, I mean, Robinson's, only 47% of Robinson's 17 targets have been deemed catchable. Yeah, but he's caught a hundred percent of the ones that have been deemed catchable. Right. So I mean, he's kind of in that AJ Green spot because AJ Green's forty-five percent catchable target rate. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's gotten twenty-nine percent of the target share for the Bears. So, yeah, he's def- he's definitely in a nice spot this week. Uh, I mean, the Falcons have allowed the second most passing yards in the NFL so far. So, I don't mind that one at all. Yeah, uh, and, and the other David one, Montgomery. Let's go. Oh fire yeah, Dave, yeah. Fire up David Montgomery, and uh, yeah, don't play Todd Gurley. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> the, the the one other game I want to bring up here, and the Steelers have got a great defense, obviously, but I think this is a, you know, I think this is a great game as well as Steelers Texans, and I think there's points in this one. I do think there's points in this one. I think Deshaun Watson's mobile enough to make plays to make plays against the Steelers. And I think big, you know, I don't think their defense, the Texans defense is particularly up to much. And I think James Conner gets involved here. And I think Deontay Johnson has a day. Juju Smith. I think this is a really another good game to target as well. I think you play Will Fuller despite getting burned last week. If you've got the stones. Um, we yeah, told you I, his hammies are going to blow up. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to at some point. It's just. They did. Just, He's, they said his hamstring injury, but he came back. He came back. That's what I mean. Like, but it's, it's like it's always going to be a when, not if. But you just got to, you know, you know, I did, you know. I, I did see Br- my love, Brandon Cooks. Get Your some, guy, Brandon Cooks. But he was like <laughs> eight, for, eight, eight for ninety-six, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, Casual eight for a, ninety-seven or six, or something like that. Casual, like 16, 17 <laughs> PPR points. Just you know, no big, no big deal. No big deal when he's on my bench. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so you deserve that you've been tapping yeah. him up and you're too cowardly to play him so that's on you <laughs> oh, oh, man. all right uh, they're like the, they're the major games i think we're targeting the one one last game i'll quickly bring up here that i do um quite like obviously ravens and chiefs we all know everyone's talking those games yeah. i think cardinals and lions is an interesting one as well particularly yeah, if totals Gallaudet high, comes back. totals high yeah. cardinals are playing at a hell of a pace lions defense is you know hmm, um not good abysmal yeah let's go let's go abysmal not good <laughs> Um, so I think the Cardinals offense will have a day. Be good to see Kenny G come back and Marvin Jones go back to you know secondary duties. I think both of those could pop off. And you know, what's the golden rule? Start tight ends against the Cardinals. I think TJ Hawkinson could have a bit of a, a bit of a day here as well. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think um if you're looking at yeah, potential DFS plays and things like that, Kyler Murray, Will Hopkins stack. Uh, your boy Kenyon Drake needs to uh, step it up. This is a good spot for him. Um, everything 
is pointing up in this matchup for him on this one. So uh, definitely grab those guys. I think getting oh, can- Galladay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Kenyon Drake's ownership is going to be incredibly suppressed because he hasn't really done much looking at the exactly. box score. Exactly, I think it's a good. But 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 his opportunity has sort of has you know relatively been there. I'm just trying to um, I, he's he's ranked at, at running back two at the two twenty two at the moment. Excuse me, um, but you know he's had um, thirty six carries. Uh, which is you know, which is fine enough uh, through yeah. through two two games certainly. On the and on the Roto World thing on the article about fantasy usage, he's currently at RB sixteen, right? Um, and his actual PPR spot is at RB twenty four. So, um, right? Know, yeah. So I, I he's right on that fringe RB one RB two, and I think this is a good spot for him. Huge spot, huge get right spot for him. So I do like that one as well. And you can build some, as you said, some really nice game stacks going both ways with both quarterbacks, getting Hopkins, bringing it back with 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 Galladay and or Jones, and, and getting some some TJ Hawkinson in there as well. Yeah. All right, man. Let's n- now. Uh, last season um, on the podcast, we we did we focused heavily on streaming. Uh, the quarterback, the, the different positions and stuff like that. I thought we'd bring it back for this season. Now that we've got a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of games of sample size, there's been a lot of roster churning with injuries and things like that. Potentially now more than ever, people are going to need some good streams uh, at the quarterback position and at the, you know, on, on their defense as well. Uh, and, you know, um, I might throw a tight end to you on the fly as well, just to be difficult. How <laughs> um, dare you. So, I know, right? So we're using it. We're using ESPN here for for ownerships, and I'm looking at we're looking at players who. Let's go with I'm going with under thirty percent, thirty percent and under sort of of roster ownership, um, where you know and the positions you can stream quarterback, defense, like I said, tight end. If I if I want to be really difficult here, but let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, who are you? Who are you looking at to uh, potentially stream uh, at the quarterback position for this week? If you're, what about Gardner? Gardner's not highly owned. Gardner is certainly not high high owned enough. And twenty four point nine percent. Crazy, crazy. I mean, you should you should be playing Gardner Minshew if if you. Are I mean, throw him out there if you're streaming a quarterback. Yeah, for right. sure. I, I like maybe, Gardner this week. Maybe you drafted Carson Wentz. Maybe you drafted Matt Stafford. Maybe yes, you drafted yes. Jimmy Garoppolo, like in this range of quarterbacks. Right? Maybe you drafted Big Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady or, you know, there's some quarterbacks who you would have drafted way ahead of Minshew who aren't necessarily getting it done to the level you'd hope right now. I think Minshew in this smash spot against the Dolphins, Thursday night football without Byron Jones, Minshew has played lights out. And I think this is, yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree that Minshew is in a, in, a, in a good spot here to go and pick up. He's been a popular ad, but he's he's, he's certainly not high owned enough to to take him out of streaming contention. So Gardner Minshew is absolutely a quarterback who's worth streaming this week. The guy I've gone for is the rookie. Got his start last week and looked very very solid. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see how he goes week two. But the matchup this week against the Panthers is why I feel comfortable <laughs> starting Justin Herbert. I mean, he's got weapons around him. We know it's a smash matchup spot uh, against the Panthers. No one scares you on the defensive side of the ball there. 
I just think it's a good situation. He's an athlete. We've seen him move. He can pick up some yards with his with his feet. So Justin Herbert, I think, is in play this week uh, against against the Panthers. Yeah, for sure. I don't mind that at all. I think um, Chargers roll in that one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, who's a, who's a defense uh, that you're looking to pick up? If you know, you oh, and I are both talking about that game. I grabbed this this defense everywhere because I was a big Saints defense guy, and now they got shredded last week. And now they're playing the Packers. I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. So I'm going Chargers. Um, nice. They lost. They lost CMC. You can get Chargers, or I think they're like, I don't know, they're under thirty, just under thirty, I think, thirty um, percent owned. So you can grab them pretty much anywhere. I grabbed the Chargers this week. I think they wreak havoc on Teddy Two Gloves and that offense without CMC. It will be a work in progress. And yeah, I like the Chargers this week. Yeah, look, look I love that call. Um, the one I'm going for maybe a little bit controversial, but you know. No questioning their credentials on the defensive line. I'm going with the Washington football team against the Cleveland Browns. You love the Washington defense. <sighs> I mean, how can you not like 86 first round picks on the defensive line? Like it's unbelievable the amount of talent that they've that they've accrued there. Uh, not much happening at, at cornerback, obviously, but I just think this team, if they can get to Baker, which you know, oh, they can, they can get they, to Baker. Look I mean, at- the. Like, the offensive oh. line, I would say the Browns' offensive line looked very good, and, and Jedrick Wills at left tackle, I thought he was immense. But it was also going against the Bengals, right? Yeah. So, Good. and Con- Conklin was out hurt. I don't know if he's 100% ready to go this week. I think he might be. I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is there. But it doesn't matter. This, this offensive line is immense. The defensive line, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, they had eight sacks against Philly in week one. They already up to 11 sacks. They had three last week. Mm-hmm. Um Baker can't see. Baker's too short. Um, I don't know. I heard that. Um, you, you can see it, the way that they scheme their offense now. When Baker rolls out, he makes really good throws because you know mm-hmm. why? Because he can see. Um, I believe I was listening to the GM podcast from Mike Lombardi, and he, he pointed this out. He was like, Baker literally can't see. That's like their biggest problem. He, he has all these weapons, but he can't see them over his offensive line. So, when he rolls out, like he'll make good throws. When they move move the pocket a little bit, he can make good throws. But if he's just, you know, it's a three step drop or a five step drop, and he's got to, you know, look over the field, he's just too short. He can't he can't see the field, um, and it's a problem. It's a problem for that Browns team. And I think with Washington's pass rush, it could be one of those games where everyone looks at Baker and it's just like this. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Baker was terrible week one. He was under all sorts of duress. And then in week two, I think, uh, I can't remember where I saw this statistic, but it was, on, it, was, it was on Twitter. I can't remember which account tweeted it. So, you know, apologies for not being able to, to, to credit it. But he had 2.6 seconds you know, average, average release time inside the pocket last week. Now, Drew Brees led the NFL last year in terms of time in the pocket, and he had two, an average of 2.4 seconds over the course of the season. Baker was on holiday in the pocket, just picking out. And that's the reason why he looked so good. And the Bengals I mean, did not, they didn't have Mike Daniels. They didn't have Geno Atkins. They weren't able right. to generate any pressure up the middle, which is where, ba- you know, Baker can, can struggle if he can get some interior pressure. So the Red. And he still didn't have that great a game. I mean, he threw, like, percentage wise, he was good. 
16 to 23, what, 219 yards, two touchdowns, their interception. Like, Washington's defense is, you know, a problem. Um, it's going to cause all kinds of issues. If they can jam up that run game, mm, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. And I, you know, even like on the betting side of things, looking at that Washington plus seven, it's very interesting. Um, if they can generate yeah. any kind of offense, um, it would be nice to see. But um, yeah, I think I think this could be a good call by you taking the Washington yeah, D. And the, the one thing, I, the one last thing point I'll make on this before before we move on is that. You know, I like Baker. I'm a fan. I hope it works out for him. But one thing he will do is, you know, you talked about him rolling out of the pocket, looking for space. He is not the athlete that he thinks he is. And <laughs> no. what he will like to do is try and like move on the run and throw the ball and make throws <laughs> with guys hanging off him and things like that. He will fumble the ball. He has, he's got a touch of the Winstons about him in, in some aspects. When, when, when the, 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 the pocket collapses and, and the pressure's coming from everywhere. He will make some bad decisions and fling it up into double, triple coverage and things like that. So there is, but there, if, if the wheels come off, it could go terribly. And, you know, you could be looking at 15, 18 points for this defense who are just, you know, kind of sat there. So. Yep. I agree with you. Look at that. Look at that. In, in agreement. <laughs> in agreement uh, for, for, our, for our streams. So we'll be bringing that back now every, every week for the, for the rest of the season. We'll be looking at uh, quarterback defenses who we, who we can stream moving forward. Um, all right, man. Let's bring it over. Let's to the, to the final segment of the show and we'll get out of here. We've been going, we've been going for an hour now. So we'll, um, we'll wrap it up right here with our top sport bet of the week. Thanks to our friends at Top Sport com.au head on over there uh choose the vault studio as you refer look at that Corey pointing up to the top sport logo now you're gonna love this one man this is <laughs> this is my thursday night special thursday night football special All so right. if you're listening to this before let's do it before lock <clears throat> now bear with me because it's a big one it's a big one there's a few legs i like, to I like big ones i like big mm. ones. gardner Minshew, at least 266 passing yards DJ Chark, at least 53 receiving yards. Keelan Cole, at least 43 Is DJ Chark going to play? Is he hurt? He's hurt. Damn it. When <laughs> I thought he was good to go. He might, I mean, good to go, meaning like he might play <laughs> or like just oh. good to go. Well, this bet could be dead before it gets off the ground <laughs> anyway. So Chark, if Chark plays, yeah, check, check, check that injury status before you, you place this bet. Uh, i got Keelan Cole at 43. Um, my, uh, Mike Isicki, at least 49 receiving yards. Devontae Parker, who is uh, he's set is to he go. Is he going to play? He's, <laughs> he's going to play. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Parker's going to play at least 61. And then... The uh, the beard fits magic to have at least 16 rushing yards. Now, in his last six games for the Dolphins, he averages 25 rushing yards per game. And so if you fold those in to a multi-bet with our friends at topsport.com.au, it's paying $17. Uh, so I quite I quite like that one. If if you, you could pull Chark out and still get some really good odds there. Uh, and I really like the Keelan Cole line. And the great thing is you can adjust these odds as you see fit. So if you, if, you know, if Chark sits and you think Cole's going to have an even bigger day, tweak up that, you know, tweak up that line, push it up to 50, get, get wild with it. Uh, push, you know, 
push Gesicki up higher if you like. You can do what it, you can do whatever you want. You can adjust the lines as you see fit and change the odds to your liking. And if you want to get real crazy here, just a little cherry on top, a little sprinkling of of some gambling magic right here. Add the points. Take the over forty nine points because I don't think either of these teams has come to play defense. It's the beard. It's the mustache. They're going to be slinging the rock. I think there's going to be points. There's going to be yards. We're it's playing Minshew. Three eight and a half. This is your time. There we go. Take it. Get over it. Get on. Get on the line there at a forty-eight and a half to forty-nine. Uh, I like this game. Working from home on Friday. Well, actually, not. I'm going to the office on Friday. Uh, damn. Office, but be, I know. I know. Look at me go. But I'll be. I'll be. I'll be watching from. I'll be watching from my desk. Do not worry. Uh, <laughs> do not worry about that. But yeah, th- Thursday night football, aka Friday mid morning to early Friday, afternoon Friday football. morning to, yeah. <laughs> to pre football yeah it doesn't have the same ring to it does it as Thursday night no. football Friday mid morning football on ESPN <laughs> yeah um but that that'll do it man this is this was great it's always good to talk fancy football with you thank you everyone who tuned into the live stream thank you everyone who who listens and downloads if you're listening on iTunes Head on over, give us a five-star rating and review, help everyone else find this podcast. You can follow Corey on Twitter at CMoney52. You can get myself on Twitter at FF underscore down down under. And that'll do it for this week. Have a fantastic Friday. Enjoy Friday mid-morning football. Good luck this week on your slate. Get involved in some DFS. Get involved in some player bet over on topsport.com.au. Check out our friends at Breaking Oz Memorabilia. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Vault Studio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to keep up with our video content, head over to YouTube, subscribe, and click the notification bell. Thanks for listening.